Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew, Psalm 34, 4. Psalms 34 and 4 in the New Living Translation. I'm not going to be before you long. Psalm 34, 4. I believe in part that God has already done what he's planned to do and is doing. So even keep yourself open to receive the work that he's doing in you as the word comes forth. Psalm 34, 4. In the New Living Translation. And it reads like this. It says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. I want to affirm you today and let you know that God hears you. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Anybody afraid of anything that's kind of intimidating that you know you have to look forward to. It says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. This morning is part two of the shame game. Part two of the shame game. And we are declaring victory over the stronghold of shamefulness. Declaring victory over the stronghold, somebody say stronghold, of shamefulness. Thank you, Lord. Whew. When you hear that word stronghold, you may wonder, what does it mean? You may hear it and you may get some ideas. But when we say that we are declaring victory over the stronghold of shamefulness, Pastor Joe, what do you mean by that? Well, Jalisha, I'm so glad that you asked. When we talk about a stronghold, a stronghold is a representation of deception. A stronghold is a representation of deception. If you are experiencing a stronghold, the first thing you must know is that somewhere along the line, the enemy has become successful in deceiving you. 
Can we be honest about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, 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 if the stronghold of shame or any other stronghold has a grip on you, then that means somewhere down the line we can start at the place of deception. Stronghold, it's a representation of deception. A stronghold, you all, is not about a sin or a wrongdoing, but a stronghold is about control. I'm going to say that again. A stronghold is not about a sin or a wrongdoing. A stronghold is about control. Y'all with me so far? And this is why shame or shamefulness is a stronghold because it takes control. How many of you know that you can error, you can do wrong, you can even sin, but that doesn't mean that it has to have control of you, right? But you know when it starts taking control. A stronghold is not about sin or wrongdoing. It's about control. And shame or shamefulness is a stronghold because you become shamed when you are deceived about how you deal with your guilt. Remember I told you we were talking about shame's first cousin, guilt. Remember I told you they got the same grandmama? Y'all remember that? And so here enters cousin guilt. Because you got to have a relationship with cousin guilt before you even get to know cousin shame. You get introduced to cousin shame at the family reunion by cousin guilt. Trying to help connect it. Y'all get it? You become shamed. When you are deceived on the level of dealing with your guilt. Anybody ever dealt with guilt? Some of us may be dealing with it right now. Shamefulness is your portion when your guilt is dealt with improperly. Okay? The stronghold of shamefulness is when you begin to be controlled by what you feel guilty about. Let me say that again. The stronghold of shamefulness is when you begin to be controlled by what you feel guilty about. Fear happened. And some other stuff happened along with it. But now anxiety is happening. Because the fear and the results of it went unchecked and undealt with. Sex outside of the confines of marriage, it happened. You slipped. But now a lifestyle of fornication and adultery has developed. Because of the lie the enemy told you and you believed, one, about who you now are, and two, about who God is to you because of the fact that you slipped. And so, 
what could have been an occurrence. Huh? Y'all see why the enemy loves strongholds, especially involving shame? Because see, with it, he can turn a moment into a mindset. Yeah, yeah. That's why the enemy loves strongholds. That's why he wants to, he want, oh, he wants to, he wants to put you in this stronghold. He, he, he wants to put you in strongholds, especially ones like shame, because with it, he can turn what was just supposed to be a moment into a mindset. And now it's dictating your every step, your every move. It's controlling you. It's all you think about. But is that the behavior of the forgiven? And now you're missing out on everything that God says you're still qualified for. Because the enemy has turned your moment into a mindset. Y'all with me? It's the Israel effect. I like to call it the Israel effect. A slip up that you should have been done with and repented from in 14 days. <laughs> and now it's 40 years later. And you're still dealing with the shame of what you should have dealt with as a teenager. Huh? It's real. It's tight, but it's right. I know some 40-year-olds who their lives are still predicated on something that happened as a teen. Why? A lot of times because it was undealt with and a moment turned into years and years and years and seasons and chapters of a mindset. Why? Because a stronghold, a lie, a release of deceptive information, an idea in direct opposition to the truth of the word and the will of God. That's why. All because of a stronghold. Did y'all catch that I gave you more on what a stronghold is? It's a lie the release of deceptive information that one begins to believe. It's an idea in direct opposition to the truth of the word and the will of God. Somebody shout stronghold. If the enemy can get your guilt to graduate to shame, he's got you in a world of trouble. But I, 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 we ain't having that around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're we're putting shame to shame. The thing about shame, you all, because shame also is a tactic that is used not only by the enemy, but it's used by people. Um, unfortunately, shame is a tactic that is often used when it comes to discipline and child rearing. And so we have to be careful because a lot of times the, the, the person or the parent they mean well, but they try to shame and guilt you into not doing it again. Are y'all with me? Okay. And so if I, if I can make them feel shame, you should be shamed. It's a shame that. And so if I make you feel shame, my hope as a parent is that that will make you stay away from it and not do it again. 
okay? The enemy knows a little more than most people do about shame. That's why he uses it, and he knows exactly what it's going to do. He uses it in the other way to say, okay, I'm going to shame you because I know if I shame you, then even if you want to run away, some kind of way you're going to keep coming back to it, right? And so, and so the point I'm trying to make, and you might want to write this down, is that shame doesn't work. Plain and simple. Shame doesn't work. Shame can't fix it. Shame can't fix you. Shame doesn't work. Check this out. Nobody ever really changed because of shame. If you hear the testimonies of people who've journeyed and who've experienced different things and different changes and different metamorphoses in life, you'll never hear that it was shame that changed them. Shame may be a part of their story. Shame, oftentimes, shame was what they had to overcome in order to change. I have a witness. But nobody ever changed because of shame. Shame doesn't work. Check this out. Shame does not keep you from sinning. Shame just keeps you in hiding. Shame does not keep you from sinning. Shame just keeps you in hiding. And so the problem is, it is never that, oh, they, they keep on sinning, they keep on doing this, then they should be shamed. No, they are shamed. But shame ain't going to stop them. Shame is, ju is just going to keep them hiding what they haven't stopped doing. Yeah? I was talking to somebody and they were talking about something that somebody did. And they were talking about how they thought that they, you know, weren't ashamed of what they did. But as we dissected it, then I realized that what they did, they did in the dark. They literally did what we were talking about in a closet. And so I said, well, they were shamed. But that didn't stop them from doing it again. And so nobody ever changes because of shame. Shame does not keep you from sinning. Shame just keeps you hiding and often keeps you in hiding. Therefore, shame keeps you from healing. Because God can't heal what you won't reveal. And this is not just a matter of your prayer time and your intimate time with God because God uses people. And so what you don't share, you can't expect for them to care. <laughs> and I mean literally care. There's some people who God has put in your life to help care for you and on his behalf. But shame can keep you from all of that. God, I feel like you aren't taking care of me. God may be saying, not only am I, but I've sent people as my agents to take care of you. But you are too busy hiding what needs to be taken care of.
God can't heal what you won't reveal. Nobody ever stopped sinning because they were ashamed of their sin. Shame does not keep you from sinning. Shame just keeps you in hiding. And therefore, guys, shame is so counterproductive. Yeah. Shame is counterproductive for those who want to grow, who want to change, who want to become free. And so if you're on a journey or a desire for freedom in any area, please remember, write it down and underline it, that shame is counterproductive. Growing up, shame was put on you to get you to act right. But what if I told you that shame doesn't get you to act right, it just gets you to act? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. A lot of times shame is put on us to get us to act right, but shame doesn't get you to act right, it just gets you to act. Some of us are some Academy Award-winning actors because of shame. Okay? I mean, g g give you the Oscar. No slap, just the Oscar. Because the way you act, and the way you hide and the way you cover deserves some type of acting award. And a lot of that is because of shame. And so today, I told you I won't be before you long, but before I take my seat, I would like to give you some cheat codes to the shame game. Okay? Because remember... This is the shame game. Is that what you call it, Brother Law? Cheat codes? Amen. Amen. Got to make sure I got it right. Elijah, cheat code. <laughs> Amen. Okay, so the first cheat code I want to give you is Isaiah 118. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 18. Thank you, Jesus. And I want you to write these down because these are good to meditate on during the week as well. That's Isaiah 1, 18. And it reads like this. The NLT says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Oh, Jesus, he wants to settle this. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how, how, how deep it is. I'm here to tell you that God sent me with this word because he's saying, come now, let's settle this. Let's settle this. Let's settle this, this confusion. Let, let's settle this shame. Let's settle this hiding, let, 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 let's settle this acting. Let's settle the fact that you've been unsettled for all this time. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, <laughs> I will make them 
as white as snow. This is the truth. This is what shame is trying to oppose. The cheat codes that I'm giving you are going to be the polar opposite of what shame says about you. Okay? So get these cheat codes, meditate on them, speak them out your mouth, get them in your heart, hide them in your heart, because this will help you to defeat shame. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will obey me, if you will obey me, if you will obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. In other words, shame is just going to swallow you on up. I, the Lord, have spoken. I'll take the settling for 500, Alex. The settling versus the swallow up, amen. This is the cheat code. Let's look at Romans 8.1. Somebody say cheat code. Hallelujah. That's Romans 8.1. And in the NLT it says this. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So check this out. If anybody is condemning you, for what you are ashamed of, the devil is a liar, and so are they. I don't want to say that Christ ain't in them, but he obviously he's not at the top. Some, something, something's going on. Because the word says, I mean, I'm I got receipts. The word says, listen, I got I got a cheat code. For this, the word says in Romans 8, 1, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you belong to Christ Jesus? Do you see any fine print? Huh? Do you, do, yeah, do, do you see a B clause? Do you see a footnote except for when? Instead of, or, or, ah, 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 all you got to do is belong to Christ Jesus. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what hurt you've experienced, what trauma you've experienced. It doesn't matter. There's no condemnation. Whether you were the victim, whether you were the one who made somebody, guess what? There's still no condemnation. Whether it happened on accident, whether it happened on purpose, I, listen, there's no condemnation. Whether I fell and slipped into it or whether I jumped into it, there's still no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus. And so don't allow for people to weigh sins and to assign shame. Because the word says, therefore, because I'm in Christ Jesus, that if God does not condemn me, who in the world are you? Because shall we venture to explore your closet? 
And shall we venture to dig up your dirt and shine light on your junk? And so when you realize that everybody has something to be ashamed of, that helps you to get over shame. Because the enemy will tell you, Vicky, you're the only one. Hmm? Yolanda, it's just you. Dosh, it's just you. <laughs> you know better, right? But these are the lies of the enemy. Have you ever realized that one of the ways that people open up is when they realize that it's not just them? And so the enemy will lie to you and tell you that it's just you because he knows that that will keep you from opening up and receiving the care that God has assigned for you to receive. No condemnation. You don't have a heaven or hell to put me in. And you would be going to hell too if not for the blood of Jesus and the grace of God. And so I speak in the name of Jesus that everybody in this room and everybody who's assembled on the live, everybody who will watch this later, everybody who will listen to the podcast, that you will embed in your spirit that there is therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. You will not be bound by guilt that graduates to shame. Whew. Freedom be your portion. Weight come up off of you. Head, if you don't lift up. Back, if you don't get straight. You're forgiven. Whew. You're forgiven. Your soul is resting. <laughs> it's such a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You're free. See, that's what happens when you import these cheat codes and you accept the freedom. Your soul begins to rest. What once was anxious now is resting. What once was hiding now is resting. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. My soul is resting. Yeah. It's such a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. All right, don't make me shut down yet. I still got a few, few things. All right, I got a few more cheat codes. Check this out. Next one you need to write down is Psalm 103.12. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, the devil is mad. Psalm, yeah, big mad, big mad. Psalm 103.12. Let's look there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 103.12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. The NLT puts it this way. It says, he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. 
Now that's far. Amen. Be reminded. Be ye reminded of that. The next one is Philippians 3.13. Cheat code. Somebody say cheat code. Hallelujah. Philippians 3.13. And it says this. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but as I journey to there, I focus on not remembering then. Yeah? As I journey to there, I focus on not remembering then, because then can take me right on back. I'm not there yet, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Cheat codes. Somebody say cheat codes. One more. Hebrews 8.12. Hebrews 8.12. cheat codes for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness <laughs> and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more the NLT puts it this way it says and I will forgive their wickedness mm. have you ever been wicked well, he'll forgive even you. And I will forgive their wickedness. And I will never again remember their sins. Sheesh. Then thrown them in the sea of forgetfulness. The only one who remember them is the devil and you. But we letting it go. If it ain't on God's mind, it has no place on my mind. Hallelujah. And so as I close, I want to tell you about a story of going home recently. I think I was coming out of D.C. And um, you know how you try your best to follow the GPS, but D.C. traffic is something else. And so you're trying to maneuver and trying to move and trying to make sure you're in the right lane to do the right thing. And I found, I found myself. Have you ever missed the same term more than once? <laughs> I told myself the next time I was going. And so I found myself saying, I missed it. I missed it. Literally, I was out of my mouth saying, I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. And I heard the Spirit say, it's okay. I'm just going to take you another way. And so I was getting down on myself. I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. And he said, it's okay. I'm just going to take you another way. And when I tell you that minister to me, because I want to let you know that God has designed a way for us. It's an easy way. It's a way that ends in victory. 
but a lot of times he'll give us instruction to make certain turns and things, and sometimes we miss it. Sometimes it's out of negligence. Sometimes we literally tried and we still missed the mark. But however we ended up missing it, we missed it. But the grace of God says that it's okay. There's no penalty for the pivot. It's okay. I just need you to go with me as I take you another way. We're still going to get there. And so... I want to let you know that redemption comes with a reroute. Redemption comes with a reroute. And so anytime you have to be redeemed, that means that you missed it somewhere along the line. But it's okay because redemption comes with a reroute. Jesus is our reroute. Adam and Eve, they were able to walk with God in, in the cool of the night, hear from him and operate, you know, in the way that they were intended to operate. But then they messed up and then we were separated from God as people, as humans, as mankind. And so God said, I have to redeem my people. And so he sent Jesus to reroute us back to him. And so redemption comes with the reroute. It's okay. It's okay. Reroutes are okay. And you know what else began to minister is that home, because I was going home, home did not change. Home's address did not change because I missed the direction. He's still taking me to where he was taking me even before I missed it. Oh, Jesus, he's still taking me to where he's taking me even before he had to come in with the reroute. And I'm here to tell you that just as your destination hasn't changed, neither has your destiny. What you were put on earth to do, I don't care how bad you messed up, God is still trying to reroute you to get to where he always intended for you to get. He's using his GPS, the God positioning system. And I'm here to tell you that when you get there, your testimony shall be that I made it. I missed some turns along the way, but I made it. I wasn't paying attention sometimes, but I, I missed some instruction a lot of times, but I made it. It honestly took me longer than it should have. But so what? I made it. I ended up getting stuck with some cars I had no business. But I made it. And I did not make it because of my mistakes. I made it in spite of my mistakes. <laughs> Can we give God some praise in here today? Can we praise him for the reroute? Can we praise him that the destination hasn't changed? Can we praise him that your destiny has not changed? Even if you have to experience a reroute. He's rerouting you to the place he always had in mind for you. You're still going home.
Thank you, God. The shame game, part two.